Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. And we're going to be talking about why you may be afraid to leave an emotional abuser. And it's a real fear. It's an honest fear. And that it's worth addressing. So I'm going to give you many, many reasons. If you have left, you'll relate to them and you will feel the strength that you have created by leaving. If you haven't left or haven't even been able to entertain the idea of leaving, this will give you some understanding of what's going on within you. And hopefully this will help you move forward in every possible way. Because when you're with an emotionally abusive person, you're going to have that underlying resentment, that anger. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be anxious. You're going to be tired of feeling unsafe, tired of looking over your shoulder, tired of getting your exercise by walking on eggshells. And you want things to change. And one of the ways that you stay stuck in an emotionally abusive relationship is because of the cycle of abuse. The cycle of abuse where things are going terribly, everything blows up, you think that it's the end, all of a sudden the hijackal, the abuser changes, you are the best thing that ever happened to them, it's glorious, everything is wonderful, and then it happens all over again. And so what happens is you get kind of hooked into that trauma bond that they're Horrible, 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 but then they're a little bit nice. And you get so used to being starving for normal relationship, healthy relationship, loving relationship, that when you get that little bit of them being nice and loving, trying to make up in their own particular and peculiar way, it feels that you have received food. I've said it before, it really is only a few breadcrumbs, but because you've been hungry for it for so long, you think it's really a feast. And so you get hooked on waiting for the breadcrumbs, trying to make them happen, and you lose the perspective that you should be being fed all the time. So you will have those feelings of exhaustion and anxiety and lack of safety and lack of certainty, a sense of chaos, and it's very draining, and it's very purposefully done. You know, hijackals want you to feel always as though you are not in charge. You don't know what's happening. They can push you over the edge easily, right? You know that that's true. So... One of the reasons that you don't leave is that the trauma bond is created and you've been hooked into that cycle. And once you see that cycle, 
once you step back a few paces and look at it, yeah, that really is what goes on and on and on. Now, if that cycle is going to keep returning, do I really want all those bad times, poor times, anxious times for a little tiny bit of what masquerades as love? Highly unlikely, right? Another reason that you might stay is that you second-guess yourself. Have I given it all that I can? Is it me? Am I doing something wrong? Now, you know, every hijackal on the planet will tell you everything is your fault. And you start to internalize that and believe that maybe everything is your fault. So you start second-guessing yourself, even questioning your sanity, because they will plant the idea that you don't remember things appropriately, or you've made things up, or things didn't happen. Crazy-making, absolutely crazy-making. So you start second-guessing yourself. Have I done enough? Would anybody else want me? Uh, am I a terrible person? Is everything the hijackal says is true about me? Is it true? So we start that second guessing because we've lost self-esteem. The whole idea of a hijackal is to help you lose your self-esteem and self-confidence, to lose your individuation and become dependent on them, to give up your autonomy and become dependent on them. And when you're dependent on somebody who doesn't care much about you and doesn't care if you get hurt or left or upset or anxious, then we have misplaced caring for sure. And that's another reason that you might stay. Another question is, what about the children? If there are children, what's the best thing to do? That's a very difficult question to answer. It's quite specific and to the relationship that you're in and the degree of abuse and how frequently it shows up. But the underlying question is, do you want your children to see this and to perhaps model it? I've often said that children often fail to do what we tell them, but they seldom fail to do what we do. They're watching. They're little. They don't even have language, but they're watching. How do you do this? What's the tone of voice? What's happening? What is what is what am I to take from this? Am I safe? All of those questions are happening in their little minds. And as those minds get older, they start settling into patterns of doing things the way our parents did. Um, you know, you look at a little child and it's starting to walk, and it's just standing there. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, look, it's standing just like its dad. Look at that. Look how that baby has been studying, standing, looking at everybody. How do you do it? They have taken it in and then they mimic it. We have to realize that they do the same thing with emotional things, relational things. All that's going on in their world, they will mimic it. Because they think that's the way it's done. Those two giants that brought them home from the hospital are their models. So the question becomes then, what about the children if I leave emotional abuse? Well, they're not going to have that model. But on the other hand, they're going to have that model for up to 50% of the time. It's a big question. So that might be something that's holding you back. And money. 
money might be a big issue. You know, one of the things hijackals love to do is to get you isolated, dependent on them, and then take control of the money. And it might sound so lovely, like, oh, don't you worry about that. You know, I'm really good at math. I'll take care of the money. So that won't have to be on your plate. And you might have a sigh of relief over that and not realize that you just gave up your financial independence. So money can be a big issue as to why you don't leave the abuser. However, everyone needs a plan to leave. You need to work it through so that you learn it. You know, many times I am talking with with clients or um, with my Emerging Empowered community, and they say, well, what about the money? How do I know? I say, well, we need to speak about it in your specific situation. So go to beaclient.com. That's a one-time new client opportunity for a full hour session with me for only $97. Beaclient.com. And we can talk about that. How is the money? What kind of plan could we make? When could you leave? What are the different ways that you could access resources? Very important thing so that money is not the only driving force, that you can, in fact, leave an abusive relationship, even if money is a consideration. There are ways, not easy ones, but it's not easy being with an abuser either, is it? And another question that might be, you know, people are responsible for their children until the children are 18 years old. So where in the process do I make my decision to leave. You're going to be co-parenting with a hijackal if you have children uh, for until they're 18 years old. So that may affect your decision-making. Shall I take the children away early and have them safer? Or is that not safer in my situation? Because now the opposite parent will have them an equal amount of time, perhaps. You know, many times as I'm helping people make these decisions, there are ways to minimize the 50-50 custody business by a good documentation before you leave. So they're very, very good paths to um, making these things possible to do. And as I said, if you want to talk to me, go to beaclient.com and we can talk about your specific situation. But another reason that you may not leave is emotional abusers like to threaten you. They like to make threats. I will ruin your reputation in the community. I will tell everybody that you cheated. I will tell everyone you were violent. And you know how good they are at making narratives and how they'll tell one person one thing and another person another just in to spread rumors and to make themselves right. So we totally understand why you might not want to leave an abuser when you're being threatened. They do like to make threats of violence, some of them, that, you know, you'll never leave here alive or whatever. Anytime someone makes a threat of bodily injury, go to the police. Call the police. And don't chicken out at the end when it's time to lay the charges. 
you have to take it seriously for other people to take it seriously. And if there are threats happening, then you need to be on alert to do that. Remember, too, our wonderful phones these days, all you have to do is squeeze the two buttons, one on either side, and it will ask, is this an emergency? And you can touch the button. That's all you need to be able to do. So think about that. If you had cumulatively had five times that you've called the police because you've been threatened, getting out of that relationship will be much easier when we go to court. But it may be something that's keeping you stuck there because you believe the threats. Hijackals, a certain portion of them, really love to threaten suicide. They will kill themselves if you leave. I haven't heard of any who actually completed the task, but it's possible because it's possible in the entire community of human beings. But in that small community, the threats are often uttered. And you may take them seriously. Oh, I can't leave because they will they will hurt themselves and I can't take that risk. Do you really think that you are that powerful in their life that they would they would take their own life. It is, yes, possible, but highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. That's just to make you feel guilty. That is an, another way of exercising coercive control. So they, they will threaten those things, or they'll threaten to get sick, or they'll threaten to hurt you. Another thing they're good at, of course, is lying, and they, they risking not being around to correct when things are said that are incorrect can be something that will keep you stuck. But they are going to lie anyway, whether you're there or you're not there. So it really is a moot point. It's highly unlikely to happen. Another thing, they love to make up false stories, and I alluded to that a minute ago, um, that make them the hero or make them the victim. They love to do that, and they like to use triangulation to do that. So they'll tell one person one story and one person another story, and, and then they'll go through those people to get what they want. You know, I had that situation in my very young life where I didn't want to marry a man I knew was a hijackal. And previously, he pleaded with me to marry him. I rejected him. And I was very happy that I had done that successfully. But he went around to my parents and my godparents and brought them flowers, bought them brought them food, sat and visited with them, and told stories about how much he loved me, how I was the only person he could ever be with, how what he would do for me if I were to marry him. And then my parents and godparents started eroding my confidence that I had made the right decision. Had that happened to you? I was 23. And I caved, and I married him. And I remember going down the aisle, veil over my face, having just gotten out of an automobile where I said to my maid of honor, this is an intellectual decision I hope I can live with, knowing that it was not right. And it turned out to be just the abusive situation I feared. And three and a half years later, I left. 
But it is that triangulation. They prevail upon people. They get them on their side. They get them driving you to stay. You don't want to let people down. It's messy. I know it's messy, but I know that it is also a tactic. It's not real. The information that they share is not real. You know that. And you need to do what is safest and best for you. And it is usually not, I would say almost never, good to stay. But it sometimes is best to stay for right now. And so those are some ideas. Remember the cycle of abuse and the trauma bonding and how they've eroded the self-esteem and confidence. But there are some deep underlying pieces here. You know, you'll pick up book after book or newspaper or read something online or whatever. And it's always about society kind of says you get it right when you stay together. There is still an old pervasive idea that started when people were, when marriage was first a thing, um, that you were supposed to stay. It was forever. What we forget is at that time, people lived to be 35. Forever wasn't that long. Now we have to remember that people change drastically. They have opportunities that they never had. They have opportunities to change, access to so much more. And yet there's this pervasive idea that there's something wrong if your marriage doesn't last or your partnership doesn't last. And that could be keeping you in place in an abusive place because there's just that underlying feeling that, you know, you're supposed to be in a relationship. There is social pressure to do so. And you're wondering, what are people going to think if I leave? They'll think something's wrong with me or I didn't stick it out or I wasn't strong enough. You ever had those thoughts? Because that'll keep you stuck for sure. And another thing is you might think that if you stay, you know that kind of control. And if you leave... You'll be out of the control, and you recognize that if you leave, you'll not be out of the control. And so you think, I might as well stay. Well, isn't it better to be out of the control for much more of the time, out from under the control for much more of the time than what you currently have? So you can see how intricately interwoven all of these feelings are about why we might feel pressure or put pressure on ourselves to stay with a person who's emotionally abusive. Now, I just completed a self-study course for, for you. It's a really in-depth look at, is it emotional abuse? Because this might be a reason that you're staying. You don't believe it's bad enough. You don't believe it is emotional abuse. And I wanted to give you this course is 12 units and you get two a week so and you can follow through and answer all the questions listen to listen to the work and follow it through because really believing right down to your boots that it is emotional abuse is motivating and you might need to be validated because you may not feel that the behavior is bad enough or maybe you had that kind of behavior 
that you grew up with it. And so it seems familiar to you, or you might not think you deserve to be treated any better. And so this is acceptable behavior to you. So it becomes important. You can find that course at emergingempower.com and then just click on, on the products and store and you'll find it there at emergingempower.com. So important to see. And Another thing that you might do is find that you feel responsible for your partner. At some level, you're not leaving because, well, who's going to take care of them? Who's, who's, who knows them well enough to, to do the things that they need? Not your job. You did not break them. You cannot fix them. You are not supposed to have to feel responsible for the well-being of another adult when they are being abusive to you. Yes, when we decide to be in partnership with someone, we do have a tacit agreement to look out for each other's best interest. At least I hope we do, because in episode 115, I clearly told you the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, and those are equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. So therefore, yes, we're a team. We look out for each other. We take care of each other. We are we take financial responsibility for the team, perhaps. But that is very different than feeling responsible for your partner's consequences. You know, I've done other episodes on enabling, and that's where this comes in. You don't want to be enabling anybody. But part of enabling is feeling responsible for taking care of what the other person feels to do. You know, my definition of enabling is when you usually or frequently step in to fix, solve, ra- uh, rationalize, justify, or make the consequences go away for the poor choices of someone else. So if you are in an enabling relationship with an emotional abuser, you will have that question. Well, I'm, you know, I kind of feel responsible for them. No, you're not. That is inappropriate use of your time, energy, and talent. But you may have that feeling. So look deeply to see if that's one of the things that keeps you stuck, is that feeling responsible. And then come back to the big one that I talk about so often. One reason you may not be leaving an emotional abuser is because you're hooked on hope that they'll change. Happens so much because we're hopeful humans. Healthier humans are hopeful humans. And so we keep hoping that if we love somebody, take care of them, make excuses for them, go the extra mile for them, give them the benefit of the doubt, somehow that they will just finally melt and say thank you so much and turn into a nice, kind, healthier human. Hijackles don't turn into healthier humans. So if you're hooked on hope that your hijackle is going to become a healthier human, you could wait your lifetime. I've had many clients who have been in a relationship for 35 or 40 years and come and say, I just can't do it anymore. And how they did it for 35 or 40 years is astonishing. But why they did it for 35 or 40 years is all the things I'm talking about in this episode. If you're hooked on hope that a hijacker will change, 
please take my word for it. It is so highly unlikely as to be unreasonable to hope for. When hijackals say, I'm going to go to counseling, or I have gone to counseling and I've changed, ask them how many times they went, how frequently. Because it's all just smoke and mirrors. It's a way to get you hooked back in. It's really important to see these things. Truly important to see these things. If you want to talk about these things, come on over to the Emerging Empowered Community I've created. Go to joinintoday.com. Joinintoday.com and talk about it. When you're a member over there, you get three group sessions a month where you can ask me questions. It's a great deal. Plus, there's lots of discussion forums, lots of resources that you get. Because other people know what you're going through. And as we talk about it and out it, if you like, make it real, it is not okay. It is simply not okay. And if at any level you have the idea that a divorce is a failure, please start eradicating that idea. People change. People learn about themselves. People learn about their partners. That's all true. And when you learn that your partner is an emotional abuser, that is a big moment to perk up and say, that means that I am being abused. Do I stay in places where I am being abused? Well, as I said earlier, you might for a little while until you make a solid plan as to what's best for you. But no one deserves to be abused. And once you see why you might be staying, I hope that this will out some of your reasons and have you start to think differently about it now. It's so important. No one deserves to be abused. So until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter and you don't deserve to be abused. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.